So hi, Janelle Marie Pierce. Welcome to the podcast. So yes, today we're Hello. talking. Hello, thank you so much for having me. We made it work finally. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited. So today uh, on OBiz, we're talking to Janelle Marie Pierce, uh, the executive director at the STI Project. Um, so just to get started, could you tell us uh, a little bit about your background and what the STI Project actually is? For sure. So uh, my formal background is um, not in public health and sexual health education. In 2012, I quit my career, my corporate career, and launched the STI project, um, mostly because it was a passion project of mine. I'd finally gotten to a place in my life where I felt like the stigma associated with STIs and living with an STI and people who have STIs didn't match my personal experience. And I thought, if my personal experience is this, I can't be alone, even though I know that I can't possibly represent all people. I really wanted to discover if um, if I was not the if I was more the norm as opposed to the exception. And turns out I am at almost 10 years or well, I guess it's been coming on nine years of doing this. Um, sharing my story. I have genital herpes and I've also had HPV and scabies, so multiple STIs and talking to people about disclosure and what it's like to live with an STI and do they constantly face rejection and has their sex lives changed and is it is it as horrible as everybody assumes, etc. That was really what I was meaning and intending to suss out and to provide a safe space and a resource for folks who are having that experience and people who aren't sure if they have an STI, like where to get yeah. tested, how often, am I at risk, what does that look like? So we really cover and run the gamut of those experiences and we provide an opportunity for people to share their stories anonymously. And then um, I do a lot of storytelling on all of my platforms, but mostly we're just web-based, we're an online website. And then of course I'm across all social media and then I do speaking engagements kind of like this. Nice. Very cool. So your tagline is breaking the stigma. So could you talk more about what the stigma is and how your services work to break them? For sure. So I feel as though the purpose or the main, the main goal and the need is to normalize the conversation and to kind of reclaim the identities of those who have STIs because the vast majority of people, if you ask anyone on the street, a random passerby, what do they think about having an STI or what do they think about people who have STIs? It's going to be largely stigmatized things like they're slutty, they're trashy, they're mm -hmm. damaged, they're dirty, they were promiscuous, they deserved it. All of these assumptions, these subjective um, projections about their character and their sexual behavior and et cetera. Yeah. And those things really just don't match up with the true experiences and like how people contract them and, um, and what it's like to actually be a person and what kind of person has STIs. So that's really the, the primary focus is to um, turn it on its end and say, wait a minute, like let's stop in our tracks because actually STIs impact everyone, all kinds yeah. of people from all different walks of life, conservative and liberal and all sorts of political spectrum and ethnic background and sexual orientation and so on and so forth. And I mean, in, infections aren't, they don't have moral um, guidelines or moral aptitude, moral interests at all. They don't care. And they really just, um, it's, it's, 
it's basically a, a numbers game and it's, it's science and our biology. Like our bodies are amazing, they're very resilient and they can do some incredible things, but they're not infallible. And we've lived right. with viruses, pathogens, bacteria, et cetera, for, for our entire lives. So it's just part of the human experience. So that's what we're trying to, that's what I'm trying to do is trying to showcase that yes, it's, it's okay to not want an infection because I don't want any more infections either. And right now, like the coronavirus is a really great example of the hysteria that comes, you know, when people contract an infection or are worried about it and they start shaming behavior and so on and so forth. So it's like, it's okay to not want an infection. I get that. I feel the same way, but these things happen. So then why are we ostracizing and othering people when they happen to everyone? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I think when I actually came across um, your organization, I, I had never thought about it. <laughs> I'm gonna be completely honest. Um, like, it's a very real thing that like people are living with, and it's just like something that never crossed my mind, which is why I was very excited to to talk with you. Um, so, are y'all a, a nonprofit or just a kind of volunteer org? Like, how does it work? Yeah, it's just, it's myself, and then I have a small staff, like a medical network. Uh, we're not a nonprofit at this point, so my work is for profit. Um, I run courses and teach courses. I'm basically a sexual health educator, and then that's my business, and my specialty is the niche of STIs. And so um, that's how I make my living now as an educator, and then doing yeah. things like I'm a spokesperson for positive singles, and I speak on behalf of other brands that are related to STIs and safer sex and et cetera. So um, yeah, but mostly it's just myself and then I'm usually subcontracting out. I have a medical network that reviews all of our content and my course material um, for medical accuracy, inclusiveness. We're actually revamping our site right now and changing some of our gendered language um, that's outdated. And so we're constantly trying to improve and grow and just um, do the best we can at serving the most number of people as possible with the understanding that like I'm white cisgendered and not going to represent all people but if, it, if we can be like a starting spot for people to find additional resources that's cool. Yeah uh, and I'm glad that you're 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 making it diverse and being socially conscious um, and I think I guess yeah I mean when people have questions and and you know need to learn more information about their status or about living with with STIs, um, how do you connect them with your resources? Like, is it a, um, is there some kind of platform organization? Like, how does it work when you need to connect individuals reaching out to you to the resources? Yes, mostly we point them to the website. The website will tell you like when to get tested, where to get tested, what you can get tested for, um, and, and really answers a lot of some of those baseline information um, questions and that clinical and kind of factual stuff, and as well as pointing to additional resources, like here are some supporting um, references and resources to help substantiate what we're saying on our site. And, and like you, you said, Lex, like that was such a good point of like, I didn't even think about it. And I never really thought about it until I came across your work. And that's pretty much how most people feel. Like most people don't feel, and it's just because of a product of our culture and a lack of education around this and a lack of comprehensive sex ed provided to us in our schools, as well as our families and our homes and things. And we're just, this is not something that's discussed, but 
the idea is like, it just doesn't feel relevant. It doesn't feel like a relevant risk. Even myself, right? When I was 16 is when I contracted herpes. I went on birth control right away. Like I went to Planned Parenthood. I got on the pill. I knew that I didn't want to have, if I could help it, an unplanned pregnancy. Like I definitely wasn't ready for a baby. Um, so I thought like, oh, I'm being super responsible. I'm on birth control. I'm sexually active and I'm taking care of my health. Like I'm getting my regular pap smears, et cetera. And so I was super shocked when like six to nine months later, I contracted herpes because I was like, I didn't think that that was something that I would have to deal with. Like in my mind, the stigma outweighed the knowledge and that was the ignorance that was prevailing of like, I'm not having sex with those kinds of people or that kind yeah. of sex or people I know don't have these things, you know? And it's just, it was it's such a shame <laughs> because I yes. that, that plays into the shock, you know? Yeah. And like, I want to think about like sex ed in middle school and high school. It really does kind of focus on well we had sex ed first off uh and it did you know cover like uh prevention and all this but it was mostly like wear a condom don't get aids uh don't get pregnant and then that's it right and so it was like well these people still live after these things happen so what happens if like these things do happen what are the next steps like what how can i organize my life and i think like you know your work is to answer to that question like what happens after this happens and how can you live a healthy normal life you know given what's happened right exactly it's so true and if you think about it i mean the vast majority of all people all sexually active people contract an sti at some point in their lives over 80 percent of sexually active people will contract an sti most don't know that they do some of them clear on their own so, and a lot of them aren't being tested regularly, et cetera, herpes included. So that's why people like are under that assumption and we're not given any resources. It's like, okay, well, if this does happen, yes, of course you don't want it to happen and it sounds gross and nobody wants an infection, but if so, we have to talk to our partners about it when and if we yeah. contract one and we should let new partners know. I mean, there's no practical, like helpful tools and resources and just even that discussion in general about our status and safer sex and like what are you expecting and what's okay for you and where are your boundaries and what would you like and did that feel good and you know all of that like there's no really good examples regularly in mainstream that showcase what that might look like for a diverse amount of people i mean we don't even see what that would look like for like a heterosexual cisgendered couple, let alone exactly. for diverse relationships and relationship structures. I mean, it's just, it's so frustrating. And like, I have the same kind of sex ed where it was like fear mongering, don't get this, don't let this happen. But we know research shows that young adults who have that kind of sex ed end up engaging in activities at a younger age and are less likely to utilize safer sex practices. Whereas the young adults who receive the comprehensive sex ed that will include abstinence only education, but it also includes like information around these kinds of things are likely and these are the risks that you're engaging in and here's how to mitigate them, et cetera, et cetera. Those young adults end up engaging at later dates end up utilizing more safer sex practices, feel better about their debut, their sexual debut, 
and feel better about the experiences that they're engaging in overall. So their overall wellness is so much more improved. Like there are just massive amounts of benefits. It's like it's the opposite of what's intended. People think like if we just scare the crap out of everyone, then they're not going to go do anything. And like again, Corona is such a great example because people are out there things anyways they don't care you know people yeah. are going to sexual sexual activity our sexuality is part of our overall wellness whatever that looks like for you and whatever kinds of activities that includes whether there are activities that that partnered activities or not so we know that that's what people the vast majority of people are going to engage in whether it's self and or partnered so why are we not helping them to feel good and confident and empowered about it It, like it just blows your mind you know it's so impractical and harmful and like this giant uphill battle but again that's why we do this work i guess (laughs) yeah i love that so much um so if you're going to give advice to someone looking to start a socially conscious enterprise like yours um i guess what would be your top advice you would give them I love that question. I think, especially I've seen this in the sexual health education space, there's been a lot of gatekeeping, a lot of, um, and I see this in other realms too, because I teach community college classes, and I see a lot of folks feeling like they're not measuring up to their peers, they're not following a path in the order and the timeline, or they're not meeting benchmarks at certain ages that they were expected to, And I think if you have a passion, if you have something you're interested in pursuing, there's for pretty much all fields, especially sexual health education, but all fields included, there's a myriad of ways in which to go about it and to enter the field. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the traditional four, six or eight year college route, even though that is a viable way in which to approach many careers. And so I think it's important to find someone who you admire to do as much research and see like what they're sharing, what they've done to get into the field and not necessarily even just one person, but a couple of folks you admire doing the role or doing similar kinds of work and find find a way to follow their path. And their path might not be like this traditional kind of thing. One of, one of the people that I really enjoy in the sexual health education space is Cameron Glover. Um, and Cameron talks a lot about all the different ways in which you can become a sex educator and that you don't necessarily, and the reason that that's important to me and the reason I care about not necessarily saying you have to meet specific benchmarks, I think that everyone's voice is important. And if you have something to share and something that um, you're excited about sharing and you want to put out into the world, the imposter syndrome can stop you and scare yeah. you and that comparing yourself to someone else and so it, it's a shame because it, it stops people it stops a diverse amount of people from doing all different kinds of work in particular sexual health education specifically because that's the realm that i'm in now but i think that also extremely limits marginalized communities um, and underserved communities because there are so many barriers to entrance and that stops there from being a large representation of all different kinds of people in these fields. And I'm sick of seeing white blonde Janelles everywhere and and representing, (laughs) trying to represent, doing our very best to help and serve all people, which is lovely. It's a lovely idea, but it doesn't fit and it isn't going to work for all people, especially in something like, sometimes it can seem like, even if you want to go into baking 
or which there are tons of bakers or tons of people with cookbooks, you know, and you almost feel like, well, there's the market is already saturated. There's already tons of people out there doing it. But you, you, whoever you are, has something unique to offer. Like we all have something of value, our personal stories to bring to the table, as well as our own unique energy. And I just don't think the competition, this capitalistic competition nature that we see so much is so harmful to just allowing people to be their very best selves and yeah. to pursue the things that they're super excited about mm -hmm. and that they love. And I just want to see people doing that more and to feel less like we're fighting each other for resources, if that oh. all makes sense. It all makes sense. Mm -hmm. You're speaking truth right now. Um, so if people want to find you online, follow you on Instagram, see your website, where can they find you? Yes, so the stiproject.com is my site. And then on all social media, TikTok even, I am at the STI project. So wherever you engage in social media, feel free to reach out and find me there. Thank you so much. And I'll put all the links in the show notes so people can find you really easily. Won't have to work so hard. Cool. So thank Wonderful. you so much. It's been my pleasure. <laughs> Take care. Yes, of course.